Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. I'm Drew Steck. Joining me here this week, I got my co-host with the mostest, Mr. President, Mr. El Presidente, El Jefe, Stephen Brokoff. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. Given the circumstances, I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's been a... Yeah, it's been quite the week. I think I've gained. I've had just as much sleep as you have, which isn't normal because you have a newborn and I usually sleep pretty well. But it has been uh, a lot of restless nights and kind of a lot of just uh, talking with different people and, and seeing things I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, so it's been really exciting for me. But um, yeah, the Padres, man, uh, <laughs> have kind of made this a very fun uh, closing of a 20 year kind of gap uh, for us locals here, uh, if you will who have been watching sports for a long time. So that's been a fun thing to lift us out of any of the weirdness that's been going on uh, in our world and, and kind of in our in our club here um, that we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, how about you, man? How's the Padres been for you in terms of kind of recent stuff? Yeah, I mean, if you follow me on any social media, you will definitely know that my Padres fandom is, uh, is rabid and I'm super excited. Um, we will keep this short because we are not a Padres supporters group, but I think it's important to... To yeah, shout Jerry, it out for... if he was here, would smack us over the head. It's important. So he won't be here this week, unfortunately, to smack us over the head, but we'll, we'll move on quick. Sorry, Jerry. Sorry, Steve. You're <laughs> good. You're good. Um, no, it's important to note. I mean, it's our it's our, it's our our local hometown team. Um, I'm sure many of our listeners and members are diehard Padres fans that have been yearning for these moments, just like you and I have. So um, living it up, uh, Tatis Jr. is an incredible player. Manny Machado is really clicking. Um I love it. I love to see our, a team with the San Diego moniker, you know, go deep in the playoffs and, and start to make a run and put it all together finally after so many, so many years of despair. So big shout out to the Padres. Yeah. Lots of hope. Lots of hope and, and kind of belief that we can do this in anything, you know, do this not just in baseball, but do this as a society, move on from where we're at. And as a, especially as a soccer community, we can overcome anything in front of us so it's been exciting to watch on that end and you know me personally just go Padres but when we're talking about what's been going on here in the last week Steve it's it really kind of you know came to a head with our final match we went into last week with our podcast thinking we were just going to have hopefully a nice 90 minutes where I think that's kind of where we concluded to play soccer and and maybe close out the season with a win uh, and then see where that put us on the table possibly but um, really kind of interesting sequence of, of events here put us at the match uh, pretty quickly. And we'll get to what we're drinking and talk about that stuff. We'll pepper it in as we go here a little bit. But uh, Steve, tell me where you were when you were kind of watching the match on Wednesday night. And, and we'll, we'll get to the incident extremely Yeah, so here. Wednesday um, was the first Padres playoff game, like we, we kind of alluded to early on in 14 seasons. Um, so I was downtown with some friends, socially distanced. Um, early on at a, at a bar. And then um, later on, I've had the privilege um, shouts to Paul Marshall and, um, and Tom and, and some others that we've been on a, able to kind of watch some games live from a, an office balcony. Um, I, I brought my megaphone. We've been able to kind of shout at the players. Will Myers has been amazing. He's always, he always says hi to us when we say hi to him, but I was kind of downtown at a baseball cap. <laughs> if you will. Yeah. I was, I was downtown. And then uh, we, we were planning on going somewhere to watch the game but the game was on the Fox five app um, and ESPN plus and the place. And I, I was, I thought it was on Fox five and that was just my bad, my, under, my misunderstanding. So what ended up happening was we went there. They ended up didn't not having the game. 
my wife was, uh, God bless her soul. She was driving for us. So she just kind of said, let's go home. And of course, as the driver, you always listen to the driver. Uh, so we, we drove home. I caught the first about 15 minutes on my phone on the way home. And then uh, got home about the 30th minute, uh, maybe like the, you know, maybe like the 20th minute. And then everything happened from there. I mean, there was, there were a couple goals, which were incredible. And then everything that happened right before halftime. Yeah, I mean, I was something similar, kind of sitting there with uh, with the family, nothing really crazy. Uh, didn't have to shift to any life modes. The one thing I was doing earlier in the day was actually helping set up the uh, Tifosi reduction, if you will, uh, uh, with with our good friend uh, Punk Rock Paint, just making sure that that happened so that we could emphasize what we have been trying to make uh, clear to everyone this year as uh, that Black Lives Matter. So. Moving yeah, and I will from, shout out just um, kind before of that, we move on. I will shout yeah. out to Travis and Drew um, here specifically that this the Tifo and everything you guys have seen all season there at the stadium has ripped continually. It's baking in the sun through this hot summer sun, and every time it wasn't built yeah. Every time those. the club gets to the stadium, they send us a picture and they go, "Hey, it ripped again." And every time Travis and Drew go. When can we come? We'll be there. When can we come? We'll be there. So huge shouts to them. Every, it seems like every, always the hottest part of the day, whenever the hottest part of the day, that's when we could show up. Uh, It was typically noon or one uh, because it was, you know, they wanted to be there without anybody else being in the stadium and then reduce transmission. So we did that and it was uh, fun. It was hot. And when we got out of there, he offered to to go watch with them. Unfortunately, I couldn't and uh, um, watched at home, but Took a couple shots, so right now let's take a shot uh, <laughs> to to bring good luck. I did take some shots of gin on the night. I have gin here with good me tonight. You. Steve, shots what you to have? Eileen. Um, I have tequila. Yes, yeah. she she was getting me on the yeah. gin train. Yeah, Eileen was w- willing us wins via yes. gin, and so a lot of us jumped on that train with her. You got tequila oh, yeah. here tonight. Yeah, any spe- specific tequila? I think mine's like a Trader uh, Joe's. Mine's gin. Hor- Hornitos. Hornitos. Good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah good go. stuff. Yeah, Cheers. Yeah. Well, salud. So before we right from before we dive in too much, Um, yeah. So I mean, I I watched I watched the game, same same thing. Just got to the point, and it it felt great up to the the incident. We were winning, scoring goals, doing well. And as you were saying, sorry, go ahead. Before we dive in too much, um, and I I don't think we're going to focus too much on the match itself. Obviously, going into halftime, three one, you know, rad, cool. They were playing, they were playing well, hot hot game, bunch of goals. That's not the focus of tonight's Mm -hmm. podcast. But before we go. I, w- I personally want to give a shout out to the guys at two balls and a mic for organizing the round table that did happen. Um, I was, oh, I was yeah. not a part of it um, in the, the group message and the DMS that they started kind of inviting everybody in and, and kicking things off. They, they had everybody in there. And once Drew and Jerry kind of spoke up and said that they would go, I, I just kind of said, I'm, you know, that's that's more than enough. That's perfect representation for the locals. Um, I don't want to go on and, and kind of dominate or want to say my piece too much. So big shouts to that. Um, I actually haven't had the chance to listen to it yet. Like Drew said, I'm a father of a newborn and work and I work full time. And this weekend was spent kind of recovering in silence <laughs> from a long week of Padres games and that kind of stuff. So I will be listening to that tomorrow. You don't to do us yokel? <laughs> I will be listening to that tomorrow on my morning walk with the dogs and the baby. But uh, Drew, do you, you want to tell me how that went? How the... 
Oh yeah, that was it was awesome. So it was recorded for anybody. There's been a lot more of it pushed out after the match, but it was recorded the night before the match. Weirdly, poignantly, we talk about a lot of the things with the club in terms of them taking a stand and and being you know very morally clear that that, that this is where they're at. Um, was one of the things we really enjoy about the club. And and then the next night, one upping us uh, with our own statements and and anything we touched on in there is actually way more valid the day after. Um, the only thing we maybe didn't talk about is how much we all love Colin Martin as a player. Uh, we we did allude to him being, in, I think, a few of our top fives, and the same with Elijah as well. But um, yeah, it was it was it was a great experience. Awesome from those guys. Just a great community of podcasts. Just everybody out there, Cesar, the the, the Fairweather folks. Um, you know, I know Marissa wanted to be part because she she couldn't make it. She was traveling, but pretty much everybody um, was trying to jump in there and 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 kind of uh, jump on. And next time, I think we'll just have everybody, Steve. So you'll be in there, and uh, whoever wants to come, as I said, they don't have to have me back next time, but they insisted. So. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll guess I'll do it, but we want to do it maybe in person and then maybe battle Royale anchorman style, but maybe we'll mix up the teams. We'll, we'll have different podcasts, uh, captains, and maybe they'll choose different podcasting I'm teams. Bring, we'll shift in like hockey. I'm going to bring the megaphone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that. Oh, that's a, a distinct advantage. Steve's going to get picked first. I'm pretty sure I'll get picked last. That was most of the weirdly being a big kid. You'd think I'd be picked first, but I was usually picked last. Um, more social reasons than anything else uh <laughs> moving yeah. on the yeah the, those guys were great though they thank yeah. you for that and for everything they're doing for the community they're constantly hosting viewing parties we're finding ways to kind of involve them in the discord and we'll find ways to involve them with the locals directly they, they've they've shot me over some ideas even the last few days that tony shot me i was like oh that's really fun i think we'll be able to find a way to do that so um shout out to those guys and, and just to the general podcast community for for loyal uh lance as well um and the loyalist uh, there's just always some great content out there and give them a listen as well. If you're, you've never listened to one of those, just, just give a listen to an episode and see how it sounds, you know, maybe away from us. Yep. Um, well, we'll let you do it for an episode, but we, yeah, this definitely it, isn't so. a, it definitely isn't uh, a com- competition thing. This is a rising tide left all boats. So huge shout out to the guys at two mm-hmm. balls and a mic, loyalist fairweather pod, obviously Alan, Chris, Marissa, um, obviously the unnamed soccer podcast guys, uh, I, I, I can't I every time an episode comes out barring this last week uh I always listen right away so huge shouts to everybody that, that puts out this incredible content yeah it's it's a labor of love nobody's nobody's making buco bucks yeah, off no this. we're all just doing it because we love yeah. the club so much and we we're gonna have these conversations we might as well record them especially with people as knowledgeable like Alan uh is somebody I always yeah. love hearing just kind of his uh analytical thoughts and and um, just kind of the different takes Marissa will have. And then Chris's kind of perspective being a little more objective um, sometimes as well. And, and having a little more uh, familiarity with the league has always been really fun. And just any one of the the different takes that different podcasts give. Steve and I talked about it today. It just gives us the ability to say what we want to say more so because it, it just gives a different breadth to where we don't feel like we have to say everything for you because you got those groups out there as well. It's doing huge it. shout. So yep. thanks, guys. And, and they've got the great talks on on what we're about to cover as well. So definitely check out their content on it as well because it'll take all of us kind of explaining um this to really get it out there and it takes every voice and and as we'll see every outlet in the world <laughs> to to cover this um to make sure that people hear the message so uh we appreciate them we appreciate you for listening and absorbing all of it as we all said in the round table because at the end of the day none of it means anything if you don't consume it and yeah, you don't so, listen so thank you to you so, for doing that so one thing that we didn't touch on yet, and I said we wouldn't talk about the match too much, but Drew, I want to get your perspective on kind of what was your mindset going into the match after last week's incident, after last week's 
you know, you kind of process everything. Everything goes on with Elijah and the racial slur and racial abuse, which we talked about. But what was your kind of mindset going into the match? It was a lot of, as I said, trying to make sure it was just a nice, like if I, if I was commissioner Edwards uh, and we'll touch on this in a, in a bit of what else I would do, but the, the game going, going into the game before uh, September 30th, I would have called a Phoenix Rising's team specifically, possibly even video chatted all, all of them, all 20 players or, or whoever's on their proposed roster and, and said to them, this is an extremely important match for the league. This is extremely important that this goes off in a way that is clean, is the most fun and energetic and great soccer game you've played, but is devoid of any sort of distractions whatsoever, whatever that means to you. But like no distractions, no verbiage, no pushing the line, no extra egregious tackles. Just don't, just don't, right? This is almost not an exhibition game, but think of it as something that costs points. It, it should be competitive, but it should not be trying to kill each other. Or you should not to pull back or tell athletes to ever pull back, but asking them a little bit to rein in their minds to make sure they go into the game with the right mindset. That is what I would have done. So for me, <laughs> that's kind of where I thought, hey, I hope that their coach and I hope that their organization, as people have held it up as a sterling silver of what you should be in USL, they would have processed this emotion because that's where I was coming in was I would have had that talk. I would have thought of that because I'm pretty sure that Landon and our guys felt mm-hmm. the same way. Yeah, I definitely, I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. I just, I wanted a clean match. I wanted the the club to come out and respond to what happened after last match. And, and they did. I mean, they did, they came out, they scored three goals in a half, obviously three, one going into the incident. And then, well, let's just jump in. So, at the end of the first half, uh, one of the loyal players was fouled, and there was a there was a free kick at the edge of the box. Um, the Athletic actually recaps this incredibly, so I will shout out to the Athletic and Jeff Reuter and his article. They do an incredible job with quotes from Colin directly, so go find that article and if if you haven't already, they, it's worth a free trial. It's worth definitely, your definitely, definitely, no yeah, doubt for sure. That, yeah, if you're a loyal fan, just for one month, this is the month for sure. So in the vicinity of the third goal, so Colin, Colin was called a horrible racial slur, which I will not repeat. He ran up to the referee. The referee misunderstood what he said. Colin had to repeat it. And in that repeating, the referee thought that he was being called that racial, I'm sorry, that homophobic slur. And, and, and so Colin got a red card. Colin ran over to the fourth official and tried to explain himself. And that's when Landon heard what happened and Landon ran on the pitch. It landed, but landed, he said in an interview with um, Darren Smith on 1360 the next day that he just, he couldn't help himself, right? He, he, he had to run on the pitch. He had to talk to the ref. He had to talk to the players. He had to figure out what was going on. There's just no way he could have held himself back. In some uh, ways, it's the mark of a first-year the, the coach, players, right? It's, it's, it's where it's good having a first-year coach because yeah. they don't know what not to do, right? Well, other coaches would have known, oh, that's very against decorum. <laughs> but having a first-year, he felt right. I, compelled, right? And just emotionally, he had to protect yeah. his players. Right. And so then Landon kind of brought himself back to the sideline. He had a conversation with Rick, the conversation that everybody's heard. And that's when Tarek came back. Tarek Morag came back and talked to Rick and said, hey, co- hey, hey, coach your player called our player 
this name, you know what this means. You do, you understand this. And that's when everything kind of happened. Um, Landon kind of got in his face and said, this isn't okay. This isn't acceptable. This isn't a part of our game. We need to stand for better. And, and Rick kind of lost it. You, you know, I think he kind of broke down and he said, you've been a part of this game for a long time. And that's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing because while he did ask the question, how long have you been playing soccer? Nobody actually thinks he's asking Landon how long he played soccer. Of course he knows how long he, Landon has played soccer. He's saying that in a metaphor, it's, metaphorical sense. It's almost sense a brotherhood of, way of saying, how, how long have you, how have long you been have here you with played... me, right? How long yeah. have we been doing this, right? Is another way of asking it. He just asked it in a way that was more incendiary, given it was yeah, an, an it, argument. In layman's terms, he's saying it's a part of the game. How long have you been playing soccer? It's a, it's a part of the game. Let it go. Don't make a scene. And Landon's, his hands go on his face, and he just said, you know, I remember it, looking at the video, and he's looking up at a guy in the stands. I don't know who it was, and he said he called Colin gay. He called Colin a gay slur. And at that point, Landon looks at him and he goes, we're not going to, I don't know if we continue. We can't do this S again, two weeks in a row. And at that moment, I just, I remember texting um, Ricardo, who's our club liaison for the supporters group, obviously with a great relationship. And I just texted him and I said, if he says what I think he says, I hope you guys walk off the pitch. I completely support that because you can't stand for this and we don't stand for this. You have to be better. And that's, that's exactly what happened. And obviously I don't think that I influenced the decision in any way. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is I, I love what they did. I love what they did. And we will obviously break it down further. I'm just so glad and so happy that they we were having a text conversation, all of us together. That was similar to that. It was all of us kind of similarly saying like saying the same thing. You just texted him and then I text, I think I put it in the discord almost around the same time too. I said, if it is what I think it is, they shouldn't play the rest of the game because this is absurd. Like the fact that it happened two games in a row and to have been so weirdly targeted uh, in the, in the way that, (laughs) that this is because, you know, the, as, as we'll get to the statements, it's one person who you would have picked to to use this against as a weapon um as a word um words uh this would have been the player so in that way it again felt just very odd and, and very your spider sense a couple things in the sequence of events before we get to our reactions stood out to me was the bench mm-hmm. is clearing uh our bench clearing theirs cleared in effect after ours did but the back our bench and then our entire team within about five seconds of him getting a red card reacted in such a way that felt like they knew it was wrong like they knew it was like what what like their instant reaction was was quite alarming to where my spider sense pretty much went up and said okay this is not whatever's going on here isn't normal it's not a normal foul even then that maybe they're getting upset about it's something different this is not correct and then that obviously the sequence right after that was extremely strange um and and then you know eventually we found out very quickly what found out and going on and having Jack and Shannon talk over some of what was going on and eventually was extrapolated by ESPN and viewed 2.4 million times as of, mm-hmm. I think this recording, the, yeah. them talking over it was, you know, frustrating in some ways, but otherwise I'm very thankful we had them because Jack being a trained journalist, Shannon being an, a, uh, an untrained journalist and being somebody who is uh, still learning the craft and doing amazing job <laughs> learning while doing, uh, which she always has. Um, but uh, Jack, being somebody who is a journalist, checks sources, wants to make sure he has, he gets the facts before he states them out loud. Um, and then Shannon being able to react in real time 
um, to the news and also being able to process it and comment on the players um, and, and the emotions they would be going yeah. through. That was excellent, in my my opinion. So those were the things just kind of going through the sequence of events yeah, and, that were really interesting um, before we get to reactions. And massive, before we react, get to anything else, yeah, massive shouts to Shannon, who obviously has been a huge part of the U.S. Women's National Team. U.S. Women's National Team has a plethora of openly gay women and op- openly gay athletes. Megan Rapino, we will obviously get to those reactions as well. But huge shouts to her and her composure to this all. Um, she knows so many openly gay athletes and I think she held herself together incredibly. Um, I was actually communicating with her after, after the game and, um, some of what she was saying kind of was making me tear up. So she was making me tear up on the broadcast, uh, massive shouts, her her instant reaction to it and just her processing of it was good for me emotionally because it was, Hey, you're allowed to, you should be feeling like you should, you're about to cry because this is the shitty, like, this isn't nice. Like this this is bad, but it's also, it's heartbreaking, but it's also amazing. The display and, and kind of processing that in real time was next level broadcasting uh in some ways that you just don't expect from a first year team and especially people who are um still trying to figure it out after how many broadcasts here a short stack but doing an amazing job so kudos for sure yeah um so let's let's continue to kind of break this down so the team went back to mm -hmm. halftime after landon's conversation and and uh, according to landon and again in that interview with darren on 1360 was uh, Colin wanted to play. Everybody kind of wanted to play until Landon kind of joined in and said, look, we started this match with the mantra of we will act, we will speak. We will speak, we will act. I'm sorry. And he, he just talked through the club with kind of this this advice, this perspective that you don't get if you have a manager that's never played the game and it hasn't been in their shoes. And what I love so much is that he left it up to the players to make the decision. He didn't say we're not playing anymore. He According to him, I, I don't have any insider information. I haven't really talked to to Landon or I've the seen club the video a no, I'm whole lot since this all happened on perspective. <laughs> but my point is, he left it up to the players to make that decision, and that's absolutely something I love. Right? At first, they were all willing to let's play on. Even Colin, let's play on. And this is a point that I want to make, and it's one of the biggest points I want to make on this podcast is. How sad is it? I'm so heartbroken that the victims of these crimes, of the victims of these abuse, are the ones who want to play on the most. Last week, it was Elijah who just kind of said, uh, you know, I'm, it's okay. I want to play on. Let's keep playing. This week, it's Colin. And like, how sad is that? These people are the victims of these crimes. And here they are saying, I'm so numb to it. I'm so used to this happening in my life that let's just play on let's play the sport i love let's 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 just move on with life like that's why this isn't okay that's why this club had to take a stand that's why it can't persist in this sport you have to do something about it, it av just, av tweeted out right after we have to me. tweet we have to treat our children uh, sorry we it's very important to get this correct we have to teach our children what is right and that that i think was yeah. in the moment what they all felt and it's it's hard because when you're the victim um, in the moment, uh, the way that he processed it, and we'll get to his his uh, media afterwards, which has been fantastic at explaining because he's such an eloquent and, and emotionally intelligent person mm-hmm. along with Landon. And I think they align in that way. But um, it, it's incredible that the team um, felt that because they did feel that they had to change 
and and all of you know several of them are fathers several of them are not but i think if they were they would feel the exact same emotion regardless is if you know children around me and children everywhere need to know that this is not okay um and and they they understand what pride is and they understand that the gay people are loved but they need to understand the extent to which people still hurt and, and that it's not um it's not okay uh to to feel like this is ever something that can persist regardless of the fact that we accept uh, and, and have, have welcomed them into society in an amazing way uh, in my lifetime um, from when I was born uh, personally. But to me, there's still so much to be done. And I think this highlights some of that, but it also put in perspective what we, where we can stand and say that this is incorrect anymore. And that's, that's what was so inspiring was just that, that, that sheer act. And as you said, as a player, in a victim it, it's so hard to be in that position to feel that way and and that you know um that picture uh, is, is that emotion right um of that and so uh, as you said i said i saw the video the video was in my head right it's the greatest sports movie ever made in my head but um there were some images and some some things there that i think kind of tie that narrative that really make it incredible and seeing the outpouring after of each player standing up and saying in their own words, in some effect, it's been incredible. Yeah, no it's doubt. I mean, the moment. I mean, uh, it makes the moment the, in, in some respects what we thought it was and more because they're just so unified in the fact that they're just not going to have it and that it's so much bigger than playing games. It is. It's, it's so much bigger than that. Um, and even after, so the, the, the club went back, Landon talked to him. The team concluded that if the refs, if the refs or or Phoenix Rising removed Junior from the game, that they would continue the match. And Landon, so so Landon went up to the to the ref and said, "Hey, um, if you guys remove Junior from the match, what what he did was obviously deplorable." And the ref said, "I don't know what that means." So I I on my conscience, in my ethical, you know wherewithal I cannot remove him from the game because I've never heard that before. I don't understand. And to, to Landon's credit and in the club's credit, there's something to that, right? There's an ethical kind of standard that the ref, that the refs uphold. And if they don't understand something, if they, they have to act on their own morals and their own values. And if they don't understand something, they can't act on that. And that's okay. To They're an, an objective extent, third right? party, right? And that, so I hope that's that their role. I, so they, they have to be, I hope, I hope, I hope that the league continues education courses and, and expands their kind of mind on what is and isn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. And if that means, you know, here are a list of words or here's the classes, et cetera, because the league is so versatile. It's, it's so diverse that you, you have to be open to, understanding and hearing things that you're not familiar with in your own personal life. You have to learn and educate and expand. And so I, I hope that that's one of the talking points going forward. But after that, um, Landon went to, to Rick and said, Rick, the, the refs aren't going to remove the, the Rick is the coach of Phoenix rising. He said, Rick, if you're not going to remove the player, we're not going to play. And Rick said, I'm not going to remove the player. And so Landon said, okay, we're not going to play. So the, the club came out, they took a knee for three seconds, and then they just literally walked off the pitch. And one of the biggest part points to me, and there's a couple I want to make here. One of the biggest points to me was Andrew 
running right on the pitch and giving Colin a huge hug. He just embraced him and said, we love you. You could just see it in, in the way he kind of put his arm on his shoulder and, and, and patted him on the back and said, you know, we're with you. And how many other owners do you see do that kind of stuff? In contrast to, say, Phoenix Rising owner who went in somebody's DM and said this is some kind of conspiracy theory. I'm so proud to say that Andrew is the owner of our club. The other point I want to make is it's fair and safe to say that kind of the official rundown of everything that happened that night, because, of course, Rick initially um, denied the allegations. Of course, Junior officially denied the allegations after a few statements. But one thing that can be refuted is that it is Rick's conversation with Landon. That was caught on ESPN cameras. It was distributed all over the world. And I, I applaud San Diego Loyal's statement over the last few days that called for patience and um, understanding. And I agree with that. I think we'll address that as well. But one thing I want to say is it's unequivocal how he was initially trying to downplay it, right? There's there's no denying that. There's no denying that he he heard what Tarek said with, you know, you called our player this, you know what that means. And, he, and, and Rick's response was, what is he doing? Why is he getting so angry? And his response to Landon was, why are you getting so worked up? Don't, don't make this a big deal. This is part of the game. And those responses to me personally, and this is maybe even in contrast to the club's response, are unacceptable. They're just, it's not okay. Nothing about those moments are okay. No. You, you can't excuse things with the heat of the moment. It, it's almost those moments that matter most, right? It's almost those matters that those moments that that really bring out who people are, mm. right? You're, right, Drew. Like the I, thing I, with the thing with this, and I didn't want to jump too much to reactions, and we'll definitely do enough chance bashing, and then hopefully redemption through the end of this. Um, but is that he? in the moment definitely shied away and it's on video for everyone to see with a mask on and you can still hear the, the cowardice in his voice. Um, and you can hear it. You can sense it from an animal, like primal level. You can be like, that sounds like a coward. Uh, one of these men sounds like he's fighting for his people. And the other one sounds like he's trying to cowardly find a way to talk himself out of this because he understands that admitting is admitting guilt. And I think like that's that in that moment felt very sheepish to me. And that's where I had a big problem with it. And just his again, as I said before, I would have had my team in a mindset where this never would have happened. So the fact that you look at the situation as a coach and say, well, these guys are if I admit guilt, I'm admitting guilt. But why would they be bringing it up in the first place? Why would we even be in this position if our team, you know, we're not going to throw it away. We're not doing this again. Right. As Lena said, we're not doing this again. And that's, that's where for me, it's just like, I don't, right. I don't understand his inability yeah. to pull the player in the second half after 15 minutes, cooler heads prevailing. When Lena comes up to you and says, we'll play if you pull the player and he doesn't, that's where for me, that's another thing that he hasn't copped to as to why he didn't substitute him out in the second half that we can talk about for the rest of our lives. And we'll never know the answer to, but in the moment, yeah. in the moment, and I, will, I, I just don't understand it. Before this moment gets away from us, I will say Rick has come out with a statement the past couple hours here on this. Yeah, so we'll night get to redemption that yeah, I respect. Yeah. I, I do, I do respect it. So I just don't want that moment to get away from no, us. No. So if you haven't seen that, please go take a look. Um, he he kind of owns up to it. He admits that you know he should have been better. He he understands that he made a mistake, and what he said was wrong. Um, and and I. I 
I also have a little backtracking to do here in that in my statement from the locals account, you know, kind of as, as an official statement, I called for the firing and and the and for junior Flemings to be firing evictions and the and for junior Flemings to be cut. Um, and and in the moment, yeah, you know, that's absolutely something that I I called for and I I I stood by. And now, you know, everybody has room to grow. Rick has room to grow. He has room to learn. I have room to grow, and I have room to learn. And I think people can grow and become better. Um, he made a mistake. He was defending his players just like you would want any coach to because he didn't have all the facts. But at the end of the day, he even said in his statement recently that he should have understood that it was a homophobic slur and done nothing, no defending, nothing about it. I, I, I just hope that there's progress made in those areas going forward. I, I, I hope that things can become better and coaches stand out. It's not progressive coaches like Landon. It's every coach in the league. It's every coach in MLS. It's every coach across the world that says that's not acceptable. That's not okay. And I, I hope we're getting there. I think we're getting there. I think we're on the right track. And I'm so proud that this club is leading the way. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can have all the corporate trainings you want that people check boxes and, and do stuff, but it's a cult. It's a culture thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, what Landon said to Rick and Rick accepting that and internalizing that and becoming not only uh, somebody who changes his own behavior, but the strongest possible advocate. And somebody goes to other coaches and says, Hey, don't be me. Don't end up in this moment. Get your team in a mindset. Talk to them beforehand. Make sure they understand mm -hmm. why this moment is bigger and why they have a bigger responsibility to players after them to stop using the language they're using, even if it's something they've done for years. And even if they feel very uncomfortable about it, it owning to that to that is a stronger and b bigger thing to do than shying away from it or pretending that it doesn't exist. Uh, and I and and to that effect, yeah, I, I think that he really can. And so, I mean, in terms of yeah, your your statement i would just kind of to retort on that i think you said you said we call and i would say at the time i would throw myself in that bucket as well as a lot of our our you know leadership and honestly anybody who we were interfacing with was definitely pissed off to the point of seeing the way that um this was handled uh kind of internally and still through the league i'm pissed off in certain aspects for sure that we'll get to but um we all were in a, a space on wednesday night where uh, when you're hurt, you lash out. I think we were very prideful. I was very proud. I didn't sleep much that that night after, uh, mostly out of pride. <laughs> Honestly, it wasn't out of anger or, or spite or anything. Uh, it was mainly trying to process and having the the adrenaline of what had happened and and how it resonated with people. Um, and 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 in a way, going through the roller coaster of emotions <laughs> and coming out one end. So that that was really where I think I was. Um, kind of left affected and, and thank you for speaking to it. And I think eloquently you really put some really good words to it in your statement that most all of us felt. And uh, that's your role as president. And you did a very good job there. And then again, uh, owning to your moment, I, I appreciate you stating that, Hey, that's not going to, this one won't maybe live on, on as well as maybe previous week, but uh, hopefully we don't have to do one of these every uh, couple weeks here. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's just, uh, some, uh, we only do once in a while yeah. when there's something notable, uh, and, and, you know, each one of these keeps getting better and, and more pointed and we learn every single time we do it. So. Right. I mean, no, 
I think that's an important thing to, to mention though, that we're, what we're working towards and what the club is standing for is to make these statements and these moments the fewest and furthest between we can possibly yeah. imagine. I mean, nobody wanted this. Right. I don't, I don't want to have to, I, as the president of the locals don't want to have to make statements on how the club responds to racial slurs or homophobic slurs. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to have to do that. That's not like when I signed up to be the president, I wasn't like, yeah, I want to make statements. Like, no, I want to have fun and drink beer with my friends and scream and sing for this club. Like that's not, of course I'm going to, it's my responsibility as well, but that's not something I want to do. Right. It's it's usually a reluctant Um, responsibility, uh, right? It's, it's something where when it, when it goes well, it's great. And when it doesn't, it's, it's, it's always a single responsibility. Right. And that's, it's tough. It's not, not an easy place. I I, I appreciate you doing it because it's, Something where I'm always like, yeah, I'm glad I'm the vice president right now. Uh, it's, it's in statement time because at least Steve is the one who has to. Even if I get to uh, help co-write it or have some authoring in it, it's definitely always got to go through him. He's still got to say yes. So uh, there's very rare resp- rare opportunities that I would I would be authoring that on my own. So uh, I do appreciate you uh, being the final check on that because it is it's it's hard. And I, again, I think you did a very good job. And I think most of what you said here is is very clear to most of us, and especially. Um, the way that the club has just restating the goals and, and the pillars of the club, I think is always the right way to go is just saying, here's what we've always stood for. Here's where we continue to stand. And it's great when we're able to back it up as a club and as a supporters group uh, moving forward. But it's tough when you see statements from other people. I think that's where I most of my reaction was driven by um, other statements being kind of uh, incendiary in some ways. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so maybe one one more thing before we move on to other clubs and stuff like that and, and the public response is kind of a personal reaction. And I, I want to get your take on this too, that, you know, when this obviously happened it, it, and it kind of came out what what did happen, what happened, I was really sad. You know, there's like a deep sadness. Mm. Um, there's like a remorse. You, you know, you're like broken inside, like, I have a gay cousin and my, I love him to death and I couldn't care less who he loves. I couldn't care less that his hair is bright pink and that he's, he is who he is and he loves his life. He lives in New York city and I'm so happy that he's happy and Colin is who he is and he's this person and he deserves happiness. He's not gay. He's not a soccer player. He's human. He's a man. He deserves love and respect, and not only that, but he's he's one of our best players. He's one he's a core member of this club, and I couldn't care less that he's gay. I love him that he's gay. It, it, and to to kind of flip the flip the script there, I'm I'm so proud of this club for standing up. I'm so proud of our players. I'm proud of our captain. I'm proud of every man in that locker room for saying, no, we're not going to stand for this. If Junior's not going to come out, if he's going to stick, stay out on the field, we are not playing this game. And think about that. These players, I mean, I have no idea how much these players make, right? But there's bonuses involved with playoffs. There's incentives. There's careers on the line. If they make the playoffs and they make a deep run, if they go to the USL championship and win the final, Maybe some of these guys play in MLS next season because they played so well through the playoffs, but they said, you know what? 
no, that's not as important as taking a stand, as doing something about this. And ultimately, like I mentioned before, this was their decision. This wasn't Landon's decision. This wasn't Andrew's decision. This wasn't Warren's decision. This was the player's decision. And that's that's impactful, right? It, they they put their careers on the line for Colin, for their teammate, because they said, this is not okay. This is no longer okay. I will not stand for this. And afterwards, it, not just in the moment, but afterwards, they all tweeted about it. They all posted about it on social media. I, I, I just, I, I'm at a loss for words. I was crying that night crying, like laying in bed, trying to fall asleep. Like Drew said, I couldn't fall asleep either. Just scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through responses, scrolling through DMs that I was getting because I was sad. I was proud. It's just, it's just like such a mix of emotions. Um, Drew, I'd love to hear your, your kind of perspective on that. Yeah. From my part, I think that personally it, it affected me similarly. My best friend is gay. Uh, we have been roommates previously in Milwaukee, lives in Brooklyn now, similarly, kind of oddly. Uh, but uh, he comes out here every couple months pre-COVID. One of our other best friends lives, lives here now, too, which is great. And uh, But it, to me, I felt, how would I react if it was him that I was playing with at Barcada or uh, in a similar situation where we're just out enjoying ourselves and, and having a good time and, and something like this came up? Luckily, in, in this situation specifically, it hasn't with this friend, but I have been in other situations, uh, especially being in theater in high school and, and kind of, you know, running with different crowds that were uh, more obviously open and susceptible to this, been opened myself to a lot, a lot of those kind of things that are hur- hurled at you just by being associated with groups of people. And it's, um, you, you brush it off to a certain degree. There's certain things you do. And every once in a while, you you try and snap back to it. And I'd like to say that in high school, I was able to do all those things, but I definitely didn't. And so for me to feel like now at a different point in my life, I think that um, myself and society and a lot of us have, have reached a point where we're just culturally at least looking at each other in the eye and say, we're, we're all not de- doing this, right? We're just not, we're not. And as Landon said, I'm not doing this. I'm, we're not doing this. We're, we're just not anymore. We can't. Um, that's, it was, as you said, saddening just because of the deep emotion you feel about whenever somebody's hurt like that, because it's, there was an attack on the field. There was an attack that came from, you know, a mouth to an ear. And that is, it's hard because it's something that you can't, you can't tell the violence of a lot of people comment on. We'll get to that. The it's just words or it just came from, you know, something somebody said to you, you let that affect you. It's a state of mind or, but words, words are powerful. They really are the certain things work or they don't because of words. Um, people become what they are or not because of certain words they use. People keep their job or not because <laughs> of certain words. So um, that is yeah, that they either use when they get the job or they use at a certain point. So it, words matter and, and to act like they don't is silly. And so again, for a second week when that happened, I was just so heartbroken for, for Colin specifically in the moment, knowing that it was him that it happened to, but the team as a, as a whole, that it just is being launched at was felt, it felt, it felt personal almost. It felt like they're, why is this personally? And I'm sure the players felt the same way. Why is it happening to us? like this team again, you know? And that's, that was the instant reaction. That was the kind of like that. And then pass it, as you said, it was just the waves of, 
pride and kind of we're they're doing this they're, they're doing what we think they should do what we would do what what i want to do what i want to run through a wall right now and then th- from there you know it, it kind of kept pouring over sorry steve it's a yeah. <laughs> something i say oh, always sparks fine. something for you you say it and then it sparks it for me too so i'm with you man Stand on no i'm with you dude no i i think the point i want to make is before we drop into the public's reaction which we do need to get to because this went worldwide mm-hmm. is that how how necessary is this to happen, right? Everybody says, not everybody, but a lot of the response, a lot of the response was, you're letting the bullies win and, oh, you know, you're, you're forfeiting points when they're bullying you. No, they're saying, this has happened in soccer for far too long and we will not stand for it. Mm-hmm. The bullies win, you know, they win by saying these words and having no consequences for their actions. And now they're sparking conversations all around the world right this got covered by bbc this covered by espn sports center around the horn anyone who's Um, anyone has a has an ear to it was in on this yeah right 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 i i just think it's absolutely incredible that this went so worldwide and sparked such a deep conversation about it and you see all these responses on twitter and all these things about oh the results matter and you're letting these bullies win and no, it's those people that you need to reach mm-hmm. and say, this isn't okay anymore. We can't just let this these people think that, oh, it's part of the game. It's a part of the game. It's not a part of the game. It's not a it's it's not okay anymore. It's unacceptable. Two weeks in a row, we had racial slurs targeted to one of our players and homophobic slurs, homophobic slurs the next week. And it's I I, I can't stand for it anymore. And I'm so proud of what the club has done by forfeiting the match before. And then literally standing there and walking off the pitch the next the next week mm-hmm. because they couldn't do it in their words, they just living their words and living their truth yep. and living their uh, we will speak. We will act. They did both uh, last Wednesday right. and they did the the one the Friday before. Uh, as I told you before, when we were prepping for this, it, it felt different because Friday was almost a postmortem. Right. It was almost we found out after the body was cold that something was up uh, in, in the autopsy versus and this which is a terrible way to put it but that that's kind of how it felt it felt like it was a we we had gone through the wake of a draw and it was terrible and it wasn't fun but um on the back end it almost felt even more sour this this kind of aftertaste that was worse in this case it was in the moment and it was while it happened and um again the the moment itself speaks out and we were asked for a couple of reactions. So obviously media comes into play and we'll, we'll kind of go through the long, the laundry list. And then our, our, our outpouring of support from our friends and, and um, you know, loves around the yep. world here. But you were, you were asked to be on our morning, the number one sports morning radio show in San Diego for, uh, for a interview with Ben and Woods on uh 97. I, I was, I was. So I, I'm, I love listening to Ben and Woods every morning. Um, or as many mornings as I can. Obviously, like like I've said, I'm, I'm a father and I work hard. <laughs> and it's early. And um, sometimes you're awake and sometimes you're but, asleep. <laughs> so, yeah. So after all this, they know I'm, uh, I am the president of the supporters group. I had sent them scarves. Um, just, you know, got garner support, spread support of the club. They, uh, they had DM'd me after Stephen Woods had DM'd me and said, hey, man, we got to have you on the show tomorrow. You got to kind of recap this. This is absolutely crazy. We can't believe what's happening. So, and I said, of course. I, re- I responded in one second. I said, of course, let me know when. So I got contacted and kind of set that up. I was up the next morning and I was glad to speak on the show. 
Um, glad to, you know, they have a good audience, good following. Glad to spread the word on what happened and, and pride, pride for what happened. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not as tuned into soccer. They, they'll kind of make a moment for it. And so the fact that already they were having you on, I was like, this is, we were kept texting back and forth and kept being like, this is huge, the, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, yeah. it made it very clear very quickly, um, different outlets and, and kind of where they were reaching, like, hey, everybody's heard and everybody knows about this uh, really fast. Uh, I myself then within, I think, a few hours, you texted me too. And you're like, hey, we need Fox 5 said they wanted to have somebody from the sporters group on and I can't make it. And it's like one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'll run down there. And it was funny because I'd been at Torero doing setup for the the match, as I said, the night before. And then I was like, man, another day, <laughs> like the next day I got to run back down, and like, which you're just not planning on. But yeah. um, again, my my mind was not in anywhere else but thinking about this. So it was an honor and a privilege to represent everybody uh, in doing it. And it was nice. And they did a good piece there, I think, that recaps it uh, in a few minutes. And again, local media is, is and all efforts here always been kind of tied into the club, but very quickly here jumped on the fact that this is something that was going elsewhere. So um, we recapped our statement a little bit. Anything you want to touch on there before we move on to kind of just running through the, the so club the, responses in the timeline yes. there? Because that, that's also an interesting thing before we get to the media. Before we move on, I will say, Colin, thank you for being a part of this club. We love you very much. You are an integral part of what we've built here. And um, don't let any homophobic slurs get you down. Uh, You are an incredible human. And we at the locals, I will speak for the locals on on behalf of everybody. We love you so much. I love you, Colin, as a human. I love you as a San Diegan, as a San Diegan and a human. I will say that I hope that you remain both uh, for a while, a long, long time, obviously. Uh, The former... Uh, as long as you possibly can uh, due to your profession. And and obviously on this club, I think that as any other fan would probably tell you at this point, and me personally, I, I would love to have you in our midfield and being the Frank Lampard, if you will, of this club for, for years to come, um, who we can look at in a number of years and say this is a player that, that not only we grew with uh, off the field, but somebody on the field who... Uh, we watched their career kind of rise with our club or rise back with our club. And, and um, that would be mm-hmm. super cool. <laughs> I think all of those things would be pretty cool. So he's a special individual and a special person. And, and, and personally uh, thanks Steve for letting him know that from, from all of us and from me, just uh, keep on being you, man. Cause it's, it's the best person that, that yep. uh, I think uh, <laughs> I've seen around here in a long time. So thanks. 100%. So moving on, um, this absolutely blew up. This, as it should have, right? Rightfully so. The club took a massive stance. They they forfeited a game that meant so much to them, to the club's history, to the players themselves, and they they took a stance. So this this went worldwide. The club immediately tweeted and said in the first half, a member of Phoenix rising used a homophobic slur directed to Colin Martin in response. We had decided to walk off the pitch in protest last week. We made it loud and clear that we do not stand for racism or homophobia. Nothing has changed this week. That is seeing those two things tweeted out from the San Diego loyal account. made me so proud to have done so much work for the supporters group, so much work to support this club through this pandemic season that nobody thought would be what it is. 
just so much pride, so much pride in what they've done, so much pride in who they stand for. Um, the club put out a statement. Phoenix put out a statement. Phoenix initially kind of seemed to deny the allegations, which, um, you know, is is really not all that uncommon. It was it was interesting. I just the hope for they better use. going forward. Yeah, it was just kind of interesting that yeah. they they really much kind of wanted to not commit to anything in their statements, um, and then they they did issue that they're going to that they reject, you know, and punish any homophobic behavior. So we'll see eventually what that leads to here at the back, and we're getting some taste of of what it might. But uh, to the club's point too, that was within eight twenty p.m. is when they posted that first statement. So. Obviously, through through Jack and uh, through Shannon, uh, we had a clear view of what was going on. But within the statement itself, it made it extremely clear why we did what we did, where we're going as a club. And to have that clear clarity, uh, I was going to say clearness, clarity so quickly uh, and having the head of the leadership with Andrew and Warren on the postgame show so quickly to me was resounding that in lockstep again there's no question of any middle level accountant who doesn't agree like the entire club right is in lockstep with the players uh, and behind this versus phoenix was we're gonna have a trial and we'll see we'll see what comes out of the trial and then we'll make another statement um and that was on the 30th mm-hmm. and then you also have a, a, a statement from their coach which was also very non-committal written on a notes uh, on his iPhone and tweeted out shortly thereafter, Steve, that was, um, you know, perpetuating his noncommittalness to this concept of homophobic slurs and homophobia being uh, broadcast in a way that was unfair to our team. Yeah. Their coach, he came out with that statement. He talked about how he was responding to Landon going on the field. It's pretty clear that that wasn't really the case with what was on video he was responding to the actual act itself. So I, that, that didn't hold too much weight for me. That seemed pretty uh, full of hot air. The, their player, Junior Flemings, also came out with a statement that seemed to just deny the allegations. And again, like I mentioned earlier, these are, this is all under investigation, due process, what's, what, what will or will not happen. Um, I just, uh, Colin, Colin also came out with a statement and one thing that meant that he that meant so much to me was how much he talked about the players and how much it meant to him that the players supported him and they that they stood for what they did. So everybody please check out all these statements. Catch yourself up with what happened. I'm sure everybody has in the past. But if you haven't, it's it's um, important just to read it in their words because I think it's important to see the different thoughts. Cause that's why people I think have the feelings they have and uh, understand that these are shifting plates. People over time have shifting opinions and, and a viewpoint. People also perceive yeah. in their minds. Here's the fun thing about mind science. People just like in their head don't perceive incidents sometimes the way they occurred. <laughs> like it, it's really weird, but they just kind of almost disassociate. So it's very possible uh, Junior Flemings did that, but at the same time, and that Rick more so, I think, as somebody who's been spoken to as a person of character throughout his career, uh, which is you know pretty illustrious otherwise, um, you know would would have done. And this is not the Rick Chance apology hour, nor is nor uh, will we continue that. But I do think, in some redemptive form, you always have to allow for second chances, as our club and Phoenix Rising statement is put out. Is that, uh, and we we did as a as a group to an effect say, just don't 
don't headhunt. That's not what this is for. It's for having a conversation and education. And to some degree, again, um, you know, people have the chance for redemption. Uh, we should never take that away from them. But at the same time, making sure that you understand where people are coming from, because at the same time, uh, they could have a very valid reason for feeling the way that they feel. So uh, I, I think in that sense, not judging people based on their emotion, but judging them based on possibly the, the content of where they're coming from. And that's where these statements, if you do read them back, help give you an idea of, and really that's what they're there to serve as is an intent, right? Of possibly their, their vision of what happened there. And we'll see with the uh, punishments that are handed down from the league and the club, obviously in terms of what they deem to be uh, the amount of infraction. And, and I think to most of us here locally as fans, and as locals will probably never be enough uh, in a lot of ways, which we'll get to uh, kind of post reaction here. So uh, in our wrap. But- yeah. But I think, I think that's, that's, a, that's a really good segue yeah. into the, the question has been posed to me personally, you know, on Twitter and, and via text was what is this actually changing? Right. What is this actually going to change? And my hope is what actually changes is league policy because league, the league has policies against illegal substitutions, and I only saw this earlier on um, the Fairweather Podcast Twitter account, which really sparked this thought in my head, which, which is, what is really going to change here? And my, my hope is that what really changes is that the league makes stricter rules. Yeah. Right? If you have a homophobic slur or racial slur occurring on your team, or there's there has to be legitimate punishment punishments there. You can't just let it go. It's no longer okay. So there's no longer a need to forfeit. There's no longer a need to sit back and say, make statements and walk off the pitch. The 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 rules say the referee ejects the player. The rules say the coaches need to substitute the player. The rules need to make these statements so that it's no longer left to subjective terms. Yeah. You, they have to, it has to be put in stone that this is not okay in our game, not only in USL, but in MLS across the world. And that's where I think that San Diego loyal has made zero tolerance. Absolutely zero. And I, in in school, uh, I think as we were kids, we saw a lot of these policies put in through our generation, millennials specifically, a lot of zero tolerance policies that teachers, administrators, you would almost hear Bach at um, a little bit, but, and even as kids, you would hear and you go, Oh, that's pretty intense. I can't say anything about violence or, or guns, especially with a lot of uh, you know school violence. A lot of things were put in with just verbiage and things like that. Words you can't say because, because of what's gone on in the context of our society. And this is one of those cases. It's just not okay anymore. And we've let it persist because they're athletes or because boys will be boys or blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it, it, has no place and especially in this league which is trying to be the fans league that is what they brand themselves as as the supporters league as the league that speaks to the people versus the one that speaks to wallets right Mm -hmm. that's what usl wants to be it's saddening because the league hits so many notes in so many ways and my my tweet that was picked up the most for the evening uh my unofficial statement which was more directive and not really about the incident but was directed at the commissioner himself said uh, something to the effect of, hey, man, we, we don't give a shit about Pro-Rel when we're, we can't even finish a game because of hate crimes. Like that that yeah. that itself that. is just like, man, like we 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 got to do something. And they 
all they've done to this point, right, which is somewhat, as you've said, atrocious, is is that they they just haven't done anything. They they put out a program that they were going to already put out post Elijah's uh, incident with LA Galaxy. That it seemed like they had prepared that from probably the week before. Um, and probably had that ready to go and said, hey, here's something we're doing to address that moving forward, which sounds good. Um, but after two weeks in a row to the same club, it, it almost felt like, okay, what else? Well, where else are you going with this? And, and so far, I haven't seen enough. And, and this hopefully is a trend that will continue to go upward through our podcast moving forward. And we see yeah. we see action. But um, you know, what, what would I do? I would obviously revoke the points from the clubs that committed the fouls. I think that they should in retrospect, be given a, a three, nothing forfeit uh, for, for one of their players committing such a thing on the field. Do they need to immediately cut them? I don't know. I, that's something where labor laws and all those kind of things are, are very tough when you do have player unions and player contracts. And, and maybe that's something you just can't do, but possibly it's something you negotiate in the next CBA. Uh, and, and, and in the time being, you make hard levied team fouls uh, and, and whatever you can do as a league, uh, because to me right now, it just doesn't seem like enough, as you said, it, until the whole team is penalized. And this is where I think a lot of our members express this to us directly uh, and through our discord, if you're a part of that as well. One of the best topics was teams are um, not going to respond to this till they're punished entirely, right? Until the entire team is affected by the actions of the one player, similar as they would be to a red card on the field uh, and not just red carding the player, but red carding the whole team. The team will not take it as seriously as they should, which is that there's no place for it and that your team knows that by allowing this, they're allowing a liability same way that they would a studs up tackle, right? They're, or a dogzo, right? Um, that this is just something that is unacceptable within the, the space of the game and even more so is culturally abhorrent. But um, sometimes you have to legislate what is, you know, jurisprudence or juris, uh, I forget what the other one is, but uh, the idea being that there's social laws and when social laws become codified enough in this case, they become real laws. And so in this case, make it a real law, USL. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree more. I, I couldn't say. agree more. And yeah. So a few more, a few more shouts before we move on um, and kind of close this episode out would, would be massive shouts to the Phoenix Rising supporters. Um, We've done kind of nothing but talk shit about them all year. They haven't, you know, they, they gave us hell oh, early yeah. on in the season. They gave us hell for that first defeat. And we dogged them. And I couldn't be more impressed by their response mm -hmm. to this. I received DMs. I received personal messages. The locals account received personal messages. Plenty of tweets and support. Plenty of social media and support that they do not stand with what the, their own club did that night. They, they stand for inclusivity. They stand, they stand for LGBTQ plus rights and wave the, the, the rainbow flag, the pride flag. I am, I, I am, I was and continue to be impressed by the Phoenix Rising supporters and my respect for them grew exponentially that night and continues to grow to this day. Totally. Um, one of my biggest issues with one of the one of the one of the main accounts deserved because they've been so yeah, nice about this. I'm like, oh, well, you guys are yeah. pretty smart and pretty good at uh, being fans. Yeah. yeah, one of the one of the main accounts that I've seen, um, and again, I'm just talking about Twitter, was uh, Phoenix Rising Nation. Yeah, they're, they're um, great. He tweeted, and this he or she, he or she, I'm sorry, uh, tweeted that um, 
they weren't they didn't watch the last match of the season. It's the first time in three years that they haven't watched a Phoenix Rising match because they decided to educate themselves and continue to grow and support inclusivity in the sport. And that means a lot, right? We're a first year club and and they've been around and they've been good for a long time. And they could have, their supporters could have easily said, okay, whatever, we're going to win anyways. We're going to go to the playoffs like they did and are continuing to be. But their supporters, you know, a couple of supporters groups, also Los Benditos and Red Fury tweeted statements and in support and tagged us. And it, it all means so much that these these clubs support, I'm sorry, these groups support the club that, you know, did this act and they still called them out for it. No matter how good the club is, they still hold them accountable that means a yeah. lot and it's it's something we say that too right something. like we would do that we hope we would do the same thing with our club but and and, and be in the same position if if horrifically that ever came up and luckily we have such a wonderful relationship here locally but it's tough because they do have this this shiny thing that is so nice and everybody wants everybody wants to be phoenix everybody talks about phoenix they're in the power rankings blah 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 mm-hmm. right and as a fan that's Good exciting point. and it's hard to not kind of suckle on that you know lollipop of like oh this is just you know this is this is the flavor of and and not be able to put it down and say hey and and rising nation and what they said too in the context of it was we just don't have a taste for it we just don't and and uh, similar to my analogy with all they just were like it tastes bad it doesn't taste good right now because i feel i feel bad about what we did and how we're going to make it into the playoffs now because of the fact that of how that played out and that we didn't stand up at the moment and we didn't do more. And, and regardless of what go- happens going forward, that's how they felt. And it's, it's admirable because it's hard to say <laughs> looking in the mirror that you're definitely going to be as, as responsive and directive as they were the night of to say this, if you know, immediately there was a lot of flags flying and arrows and, and things like that. But within about an hour of it being very clear what happened, you know, from the news, um, versus their team statements, um, they were very much in lockstep with what was the truth and what we'll find to be the truth. And mm-hmm. that to me speaks volumes as opposed to believing their own outlets, believing their own people, believing their own spin. And as we discussed, some of their own coach and and, and people who they should believe, people who haven't lied to them and have been good to them, but they don't have a reason to in this case. They 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 believe the the victim and they believe the people they should believe, um, which I think is a step forward in that direction too. And it takes both sides to recognize this is a tragedy and to move forward that way. And it took them, you know, in the same way that uh, Shakespearean wise, it takes the Montagues and the Caplets to keep killing each other. In this case, it, it really, it makes it hard to dislike them now <laughs> in a lot of ways moving forward as fans, but we will find some ways I'm sure on the field. Uh, and zonies will still, as I said, be abrasive right. and, and come to our beaches and, and be loud. But um, hats off to being class, how, it, stay classy, Arizona. It, Thank you. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a shout to what a statement that San Diego Loyal made by doing what mm-hmm. they did, right? Phoenix and, and San Diego Loyal have been rivals all, free, all rivals all season. They've been going back and forth. You know, we've been bantering with their fans. Like I said, we talked a ton of shit with them. And here we are unified. Here we are unified in one thing that San Diego Loyal did. And I love that. I, I love that 
this has gone so far beyond the sport, so far beyond results, so far beyond rivalries, you know, zonies, San Diego, the ultimate, it's about unification. It's about bringing everybody together. Right. So even, even going one state further East, um, New Mexico United supporters group, the curse, the enchanted people put together a video in support, put together a, um, a video in support of us, the locals and the club for what they did. And that's absolutely stunning. It's incredible what they did. They, the amount of people they got to, to, to talk into a camera and say that they supported what San Diego keeps going. Did. You're um, just like, when is it going to end? I can't. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know. I know. Uh, I, I lost 30 minutes a day I, I just know. replaying it's, it over just, and over. I was like, it's well, that and just they keep kind of yeah. going. Well, and they all um, put time into it. Greg and they all the stood outside with their, like they all dressed right. up. Like it's not like everybody had, like they really put on, like they could tell that they all cared and really wanted to make a point of this. So um, it's not something, it's not something they said like, Hey, let's do this. Cause there's always times that we go, Hey, we should do this thing. It, it takes a lot of effort. So that was amazing. Like, yeah, as you said, beyond amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely. Yeah. So then to kind of keep, keep things rolling, the, the support from around the country, around the world, just kept pouring. Yeah. I'd say shout out to I in mean, that video real locally, quick to the plastic. So thank you for being involved with that. And we do like everything that you do yes. and we would love to collaborate on anything that you'd like to collaborate on the future. And I'm sure we'll be in talks on that, but thank you for what you do. And thanks for making a, a cameo and, and throwing your name in with the video as well, because what you do is uh, not lost on us. And, and we, we admire and hope to implement a lot of what you do. And, and when we get back in the stands as well, yep. sorry, Steve, uh, w- w- there's two minutes. There's, it's, it's like oh. reading correspondence from a wedding here where you're writing. It's thank you minutes. notes. Thank you for the, for the, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it is, it's just so amazing how it's reached all our community locally. I mean, with uh, yeah. Craig, right. Uh, Even Craig more. and the soccer's obviously yeah. uh, support Elijah. So Craig said, I went for a long walk tonight after everything. The thing that resonates the most from a long day and the stance taken by San Diego loyal. The Padres can play tomorrow. The loyal are next level brave and sacrificing their whole season on principle. To me, that is the number one SD sports story today. And this is a team that hadn't played in the playoffs in, uh, you know, a decade or so and hadn't won a playoff uh, series in a few decades, as we know, panned out. But Craig to, to really put it in words what i think a lot of us were feeling as san diego sports fans is that we couldn't stop thinking about this thing this club did despite the fact that our minds were in both places right the whole day it felt like we were singularly focused by the end of the day um and that was great to see from craig and who obviously represents the soccers and and kind of their ideals as well and that they've been in lockstep and uh some of san diego about a lot of this stuff so hopefully as they get back out on the pitch we can express a lot of this with them as well and then globally steve i mean we go beyond our our san diego soccer community to everywhere around the world My man. God. and michael strahan michael yeah, strahan I mean... picked this up and uh, <laughs> uh talked with uh, colin and uh and landon right yeah that's crazy you turn on abc in yeah, the morning I mean, and you're like oh there he is yeah and it speaks to the stance that they actually took it, this reached good morning america reached bbc sky news this is just worldwide news channels right um, Megan Rapino, Ashlyn Harris, Alex Morgan all tweeted it in support of what San Diego Loyal did. Yeah. Um, it's so commendable. One of the tweets, Megan Rapino shouts to Landon Donovan and San Diego Loyal for refusing to go along with racism and homophobia. This is how you confront it. See something, say something, period. Need more of this energy. So proud and appreciative of Landon and that organization. Um, 
and obviously everybody knows, I mean, Megan is the star of the U.S. women's national team, two-time uh, women's World Cup winner. It, it means everything. It means everything that we have her support. It means everything that she tweeted about and amplified this message. Um, we talked about Sports Center. Their Twitter video has over two and a half million views around the horn, widely viewed show. Ryan Seacrest in LA, CBS This Morning, USA Today. It's just this went global. And this is our club. This is this is the club that we helped create. This is the club that the that they told is our club, our club in in, in support, in, as a supportive group, as the locals. And I couldn't be more proud to be a part of a club and support a club and help create a culture in this club that does what they did and helps foster these conversations. Because if you look in any of the mentions or any of the replies of any of those tweets I just mentioned, Rapino, Sports Center, Around the Horn, BBC, Good Morning even America. In Britain, yeah, you see a lot you of it too because it's people who didn't even yeah. know until their you know local yeah. you know, outlet covered it, and so it's it's right. crazy to see either that or you know, and just hearing it through the one extra how many more mediums you know they're all just picking up the same newswire, but really, I mean, it's it's because every voice matters, and as Steve said, people are just saying, "Hey, thank you for saying, thank you for doing this." It makes me as a person uh, who's who's in the spectrum. Uh, of sexuality here feels somebody that, that that's disregarded um, and, and feels much more at home with this club than I've ever felt called anything. And I wasn't a fan of soccer. I wasn't a fan of whatever, right. You see that in so many of these, which is so cool. And uh, the, even the, the Morgan comment was interesting because she's training uh, to bring it back to me. She's training with Spurs right now with our women's team and like completely probably closed in, but still the story reached her. And still she spoke about it specifically when she was asked in an interview, just not only about that, but she was just asked about other stuff. And she's like, Hey, I want to get, get it clear that this is something really cool that this club did that I completely stand with and land in as somebody I know is, is very admirable for being there. So I thought that was really interesting, but it's all of these voices and then our players uh, similarly, right. Um, you know, very much on their thoughts and minds because their season's over, but they all, every single one of them took to whatever social media account they had and added their statement on top of Colin's statement to show solidarity and say in their own words, whatever they could as to how he feel, uh, how they feel about how he feels about this. And that was, yep. kept me crying. Everyone I read made it feel like, yeah. And the, yeah, so it's, the last public shout I think we'll make is to the ISC Independent yes. Supporters Council of North America, which we are now proud members of. We were recently accepted to. So they tweeted in support, in solidarity for what we did, our statement and solidarity with um, Colin and San Diego Loyal. So big shouts to the Independent Supporters Council. Um, I look forward to collaborating and using you guys as a resource for growing and helping our beautiful game in this country. Um, so briefly, I think we should touch on kind of going forward. So end of the season, which we will have a recaps podcast, uh, probably next week. We wanted to get something out this week just in response to what happened, but I think we'll have a full season recap coming up pretty soon. And then through the off season, we're going to keep cycling through the rest of leadership. So you guys get to know them. It's, it, they, they are officially two year terms. So people are signed up for two years. <laughs> And we will cycle through the rest. Um, so going forward, I just hope that we foster conversations. I hope that the people that 
respond in hatred in on, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or have negative opinions of what the club did in response to what happened. Um, I hope they listen. I, I hope they open their ears and open their minds and listen and really feel what this means, what's what this meant to Colin. Um, you know, going back to something I hadn't mentioned was one of the one of the pictures that came out from that match was was Colin with his head in his hands. And I literally sat there and I cried looking at that picture. Yeah, I brought it up earlier. Because you can like feel the pain. But yeah, it's, you can like feel the pain. It, it's it is. You know? It's it's part of that kind of mental movie of what went on there, and yeah. you can see the moment where he comes in and and is in that yeah. that space, which is it's a it's like a um, not to make it weirdly religious, but like a stained glass, like <laughs> almost like moment, like a um you know kind of a thing where you it's it's pained in time um you know pain being the operative word that you feel and and you just feel so much of that that heart um and and you see why you see why the other players saw that and they saw possibly why they had to do what they did uh in response to the information they were given and in response to the culture that had been built. Uh, and that's, that's what was so cool about having those moments captured. So shout out to Ryan who, who did a little diatribe on his Instagram as well. Uh, if you want to go find his personal social, mm-hmm. uh, young, the Ryan, he does have that as well. Kind of about that moment and how deeply personal it was for him as well to be in that moment. Um, as the capturing of it, it's just, it's tough. You never think about that from the people who provide you these things that for them, it's deeply shaking as well, right. To be, in these stories and be a part of them. So that was incredible. But it was, as you said, something that uh, go look at that and think about what you're about to say next, if you're somebody who dissents. And then we had this whole section on what would happen if the club would have, you know, gotten the points or say the league maybe gave him the points or whatever, but it's like, none of it matters. None of it matters at all. Because really at the end of the day, if you're somebody who really wants to think like that, like, it's not going to do anything for you at the end of the day. We're not getting any further by doing this. What we're going to get further is by winning a championship, winning it on our terms and and doing it the way that it's supposed to be done, not doing it through years of, Hey, this is something you have to put up with, or, Hey, this is something you have to do just to be able to play the game. Those days are done. This, this club is not going to do that. And we as supporters are not going to do that. So that to me is what the championship we won this year is. We will never, we will never go through the motions of of something. Yeah, and I and that's that's sure. And I will say that's a trophy that, on its own. Yeah, and obviously going into this match, which we talked about earlier, there was a chance to make the playoffs, but that's not what's important here. Um, Alan of the Fairweather Podcast said eloquently on his on his account. Um, earlier that the season kind of took a turn in the 71st minute against LA Galaxy 2 when the ref did when the refs did nothing when they heard Elijah racially abused. Right. If 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 they sent that player off, then we could have won that game. And then going into this match, we could have won this game. Obviously, you know, mutually exclusive events that if if this could have been avoided as well, we would have been in the playoffs if we went against Silly Galaxy 2 and we went against Phoenix. We would we would have been there. But I am so much more proud to the end of the season that actually happened than what would have been with two wins. I'm more proud that this club took a stance and they did what they did 
than what would have been with just two wins. And so the final point for me that I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to make two points to close, and then I'm going to throw it to Drew to, to finish this out. On the the match at, at on the seventh back in March, um, everybody, you know, not everybody, but there were a lot of flags. Around. Everyone had a flag. No, that would have been that would have been like violent. <laughs> too many flags, but yeah, there was a lot of flags. Yeah. And so the one the one flag that I personally grabbed and I held all match was the pride flag. Because as the president of the group, one thing that I felt was unequivocal, unequivocal was we stand for inclusivity. We stand for acceptance. We stand for love. And I wanted to wave that flag all match. And I did. And there are some cool pictures. Shouts to Carrie Schumacher and, and other fantastic photographers for getting some phenomenal pictures that I cherish so greatly. But that's not the point. The point is I love that I will, I waved that flag that night. I love standing for inclusivity and I love everybody and I want everybody to be a part of this movement. And the second point I want to, I want to make is that of all the takes that hit, that, that hit me personally, the one I think that hit me the most was Colin's father. And he responded to Twitter, to it, it on Twitter, and he he had a lot to say about it. But now, as a father of an eight-month-old son, I don't know how he's going to grow up. I don't know if my son Bryce is going to grow up to love women or men, or if he's going to be gender fluid, or if he's going to be transgender. I don't know. I can't predict his future. I want him to be happy. He's he's my son. I want him to grow up free of homophobic abuse or um, subject to this kind of hatred. I want him to live a full life and change the world and make other people happy. That, that has nothing to do with the sexual orientation. And that just means so much to me. Colin is changing the world and all his father is, is proud of him. And he is still, he is still subject to, to homophobic abuse. And that, that breaks me as a father. Now I, I'm getting emotional now. It just makes me so sad. All right. Drew, well, I was going to say that his, his dad did say that he was very proud of the community and, and proud of the, the people here that have lifted up his son and, and made sure that he has a place here. And again, I'll say to Colin directly and to his father, uh, there's a home here in San Diego as long as you like it, and we'll have you as long as that you'll you'll want to stay. Uh, and for me, really, I, I having a personal relationship and to tie it from the beginning of our podcast to the end. Uh, I was with Landon on the day that we signed Machado, and seeing his eyes light up and seeing how excited we were as a fan base to see that happen because it meant something different to us. It meant a tide was turning. It meant something else was happening, and now we're seeing the fruits of that. Uh, for those of us who love the Brown team. But in this sense, and, and the wheels in his head, not to say that this moment was uh, in his mind, but the idea of I can do something that inspires these people that I love so much and have meant so much to me and and be able to bring people into their lives who I can also inspire, who they can therefore inspire them. Th- his ability to coach, as you said, not from maybe a player standpoint and a tactician standpoint, and maybe his ability to coach up and down the field from a 
you know, before these players came out at the end of the season, there, there definitely were doubts in terms of what we were doing, but to speak to the players directly and to speak to their hearts and how they want to play, there was never a doubt for a minute on that, on, on the field that our players were giving everything they had for every game this entire season. And to not only do that on the field, but to do it off the field is beyond what I could hope for um, and believe in. I, I, I couldn't have conceived something that would make me more inspired by this club. At the end. Like we could have won the championship. I don't know if I would have mm. been as inspired. Uh, I would feel yeah. great. I would feel, Oh, so vindicated by the time we put in. But as you said, this almost feels more, this feels like everything we believed in these people that told us to believe in them. And then again, we, we in turn, they believed in us. Um, as fans and believed in us as, as a community, as soccer people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm speaking broadly. That's, that's where for me, it's, it's, it's a beautiful marriage and it's a beautiful life that we get to have together because nobody can come in here and nobody can shake this because we're together forever now. And this is our club. And then we can live a fucking pandemic. We can get through uh, the worst uh, xenophobia and racism and homophobia that, that the world can throw at us. And we will still be loyal and we will still be San Diego. And that to me is that. And, and, and again, Landon's ability to speak that into the players and kind of live that in the moment um, as a team, that, that was pretty cool to me. And, and that's where I'll kind of close my final thought on this. So thanks for giving me the, the platform. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Um, and the last thing, the, the very last thing I want to say is a quote from Colin in an interview that he did back when he marched in the Pride Parade. Um, and he said, we are only advanced, as advanced in our society as the people most disenfranchised. And that is powerful because we can only move forward when we bring everybody along. So on behalf of myself, President Steve Brokoff and Drew Yo. Steck, thank you for listening Bye, everybody. to the Loyal Locals podcast. Love you guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.